Okay, that's that works. Or something. I don't know. Huh? What? Say something. <laughs> Hello. I'm clapping. Okay, we're recording. So. Oh, wow. That was fast. I know. Here we go. Welcome to Conversation in Comfort Pants. I'm Clara. And I'm Alex. Hey, Alex. Hi, Clara. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Good, good. Living that dream. Living, living it every day. <laughs> we did it. We're back again two weeks in a row. Woohoo! New record. No uh, catastrophe record happened. No snow. Is there like an envelope in your yard? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Okay. Uh, I've been actively ignoring <laughs> just, no, there, there is an envelope. But, <laughs> you know, you it's know. not pitch black dark. I know, it's which crazy. Is different. It's we usually are recording a, a little bit earlier hide today. all my yard trash is just by it being dark. <laughs> We're recording a little bit early. The sun is still out, I know. and we are. Yahoo! We're, we're doing here. This. We're and doing guess, it. And guess what? What? I have no. Yay! Tell me one of them. So one of them, I think you. If you, if you, do you have notes app today? I just have two words. Okay. <laughs> one of okay, it might be one of them. I think you've seen. Okay. Or tell if me, you haven't? I'm gonna blow your mind. <laughs> and the second one, I know for a fact you have not heard of. Oh it. my god. How? So, number one. Okay. There was a huge sea dragon fossil <laughs> found in the UK. I did see, I saw the photo of it, but yes. I didn't read the article. I read the article. <laughs> okay, tell me. Don't you worry. <laughs> so, it's the Ichthyosaur. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, which is 108. 180 million years old with a skeleton measuring about 10 meters in length and a skull weighing about a ton. That seems big. Is the largest and most complete fossil of its kind ever found. Oh my gosh, it didn't look that big in the UK. That's huge. And then it says uh, the first type of that sore, the itchy sore. That sounds bad. Yeah, it does. Uh, You should see a doctor. Uh, which they're called sea dragons because they tend to have very large teeth and eyes. And they breathe fire. And they breathe fire. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen. Dragons are real. They found the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> oh, yeah, that Nessie makes sense. has been found. Nessie. Well, that's Nessie's great, great, great grandpa. Yeah. Probably. It's probably like gramps. Where did they find it? In the ocean or in a lake? In uh, the They're all connected. Channel? A channel. A channel. Connected to the ocean. Yeah. And a lake, Mm -hmm. probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nessie's real. Nessie's real. Huge sea dragon. Well, speaking of weird things that are real. Okay. Have you heard of on the moon, the moon cube? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Okay, so there was this picture somebody took. I'm assuming somebody went to the moon. Yeah, somebody on the moon. Well, I think it was one of their like self-driving cars or whatever. Oh, like so they took a picture and it looked in the distance you could see this perfect cube. Ooh. And for a long time they were like, "What is it? Like it's an Ooh. alien building or like outhouse or something? Is this just a rock?" <laughs> they finally got. They finally drove over to it. It was just a rock. <laughs> it wasn't even 
really that cute shape. And like, oh, yeah, I'll have to show you a picture of what it looked like just, because just a rock. There was a lot of conspiracy theories going around there for a while, but then finally the car drove over to it, and it was just a rock. <laughs> How long did it take for the car to drive over to it? Like, I don't d- know. was the cube found like years ago, and it finally was able to no, be like, okay, like... fine, we'll just we'll go over and check to see what it's it looks like. It's probably been at least a month since I first heard about the movie. Oh, cube. so this is new. Yeah, this isn't like they waited for. No. A few years and they're like okay now we'll go check yeah. no i'll have to show you the picture because it does look very like man-made like right typically mm-hmm. things in nature aren't 90 degrees mm-hmm. uh but then when they got up to it it it's sure just, was it's just kind of a blobby rock just, it wasn't even really a cube just just a rock people <laughs> it's just it's the angle just a rock and the slightly fuzzy photo made it a perfect cube oh that'll do it anyways aliens are real aliens are so real is Loch Ness. yes Okay, the other one. (laughs) I saw this today as I was perusing, just scrolling on through. Um, The FDA has deregulated French dressing. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know dressing had to be regulated. I didn't either. So, Don't you have bigger things going on, FDA? No. <laughs> Food and drugs, this right? Is, this is key. Okay. Well, it's about time. So the, we so, get the dress. So here we go. <laughs> There's a lot of things in here that I just found out about, okay. and I need to know more, but okay. I didn't have time to look it up. We'll do a whole episode on French so dressing. The Association of Dressings and Sauces. Go on. Who's the president of that? Sweet Baby Ray. Sweet Baby Ray. <laughs> That's Dr. Sweet Baby Ray to you. Dr. Sweet Baby Ray. <laughs> Apparently has been battling for decades to revoke the standards for French dressing. <laughs> what even is French dressing? So it's like it's like a tomato-based. Like oh. No, it's it's um it's like well, it's like bright Italian red. Dressing. Huh. Um it's like a tomato-y dressing. Okay. It's, it's pretty good. Um so there's been standards for French dressing. Well, yeah. Since like na- the 1950s, <laughs> okay. there has been. What was going on then? It's 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 called the standard of identity. Like this is how you it. must make French dressing. <laughs> okay. If it has anything sure. else besides what's in here, it is not French dressing. Mm-mm. It is uh, Paris dressing. You have or to call it something else. Yes. Okay. So they had been saying for years that. Specifically French dressing. <laughs> because it had those standards yeah. that were, you know, ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it, it has to have the right ingredients? Are you it, kidding me? <laughs> it restricted <laughs> innovation for French dressing. You're making a different dressing, though. Exactly. At that point. Yeah. but I'm on the FDA's team. But now, no, it's deregulated. So <laughs> ha- have fun. We need higher dressing standards. Whatever you want. For French and call it French dressing. dressing. You can call it French dressing. Mayonnaise, done. French dressing. French dressing. (laughs) Miracle Whip, French dressing. Well, that seems funny. Put a little beret on it, boom. (laughs) It's definitely French dressing. Put a beret on some ketchup. That's French dressing. That was what was getting in the way originally, is there weren't enough tiny berets. The stupid berets. French dressing. So, congratulations, French dressing. You're free. You're free. You're you can be whoever free you want to be, be. Whoever. And I was thinking, I was honestly like thinking about this today. I'm like, well, that makes so much sense. Like, why wouldn't there be regulations yeah. on like 
addressing needs to be this. Especially if you're going to put a name on it. But then I thought (laughs) to myself, how many different types of ranch Mm -hmm. are out there? You got like the avocado oh gosh, ranch. Yeah. You got the bacon ranch. You've got the buttermilk ranch. Well, the Trader Joe's ranch tastes completely different than the Safeway ranch. Exactly. Not close. I really don't like the Trader Joe's one. I, Sorry. I don't like Trader Joe's dressings, period. Yeah. In the story. I mean, there's just so we many different types Joe's. of ranch. And French dressing now has its moment to shine. French dressing can now be ranch dressing. <laughs> if it really wants to. If it really to. wants to. It can be whoever he wants to be. Or I guess ranch dressing to be. can be French. Oui. Oui. <laughs> okay, I have so many questions. Um, but first of all, I yeah. need to do some more digging into the Association of Dressings and Sauces. Yes, how do I get involved? Um, how do I get on their mailing list? Yeah. And how do I get invited to their... Um, their tasting parties? Because you know they have conventions. Oh, yeah. And know. you know it is the talk of the sauce world. <laughs> They've got dips, baby. Dips on dips on dips. <laughs> That's the dream. It's all about a dip. Always. Always. Always about a dip. The heck is going on? There's a dog dying outside. <laughs> I'm not interested in any sort of recipe. He's French dressing. <laughs> He's got some notes on the French dressing talk. So anyway. The FDA, though. The FDA, for a long time, was like, no, no, no. No, no, we're not going to change this. And now they're like, fine. So you know what? Nothing people, matters Are the saucers, <laughs> are the sauce people a branch of the FDA? Or they're their own I think entity? they're their own entity. The aso- oh it's the Association of Dressings and Sauces. <laughs> I didn't know I wanted to be a part of something so bad in my life. I know. Can I join? Can I be a part of the association? I'm what is the criteria I for membership? Dressing, probably. I could I just could mix be a... two together. <laughs> Make a French. Yeah. Your <laughs> buffalo chicken dip. French dressing. Done. Done. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we did it. Chicken French dressing. French hen. French chicken dressing. French hen French... dressing. Oh, yeah. There we go. See what I did. I see what you did there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was oh, the boy, oh that boy. was the big news of the day is the deregulation <laughs> of French dressing. You're right. You're right. I did not hear about that. See, <laughs> it's big news. I did big it. news in the dressing world. Oh, great news. I mean, Sweet Baby Ray is having a moment. Hold on tight, Sweet Baby Ray. Sweet Baby Ray, you can be French dressing. Watch <laughs> out. Anybody can. Anybody can be Except French. For, in fact, French dressing. <laughs> so. That is that is the update on French dressing. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> Something you didn't know you needed to know, but now you know. I also didn't know I didn't know what French dressing was. I think I've I had... thought French and Italian dressing were the same thing. No, no, because Ita- Italian's more like Clear. oily. Yeah, French dressing I think is more like vinegary based, oh. like a runny ketchup. Sure, if you will. And French dressing will. It will. At this point. But then there's a the Catalina dressing, oh, which gosh. is like a so lighter version. Oh, I I spend a lot of time in the sauce aisle. <laughs> I am, come from a condiment family. We love our condiments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not okay. joking. My dad has like eight different types of mustard currently well, in his fridge. after your Thanksgiving ordeal. Oh, yeah. Huh. You've got variety. Variety. You need the different kind of mustard depending on what you're eating. You need the different kind of sauce. I do like different mustards. Depending on what you're eating. 
Like, yeah. you need, like, a Sweet Baby Ray barbecue sauce, and then you might need, like, a Chipotle barbecue sauce. Oh, I mean, variety. Yeah. I come from a condiment family. <laughs> what can I say? A family of choosiness and variety. Yes. We're picky. We're picky. But we want options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I like that. So, anyway. <laughs> okay. What are we talking about today? Oh, we're still... In February, baby. Ribbit, 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 <laughs> ribbit. <laughs> um, the frog cast. Uh, so I'll go first. Okay. Mine's, hopefully it makes sense. That's a long boy. I know. I'm going to breeze through it, though. Okay. Okay, so I'm talking about, as I teased last week and Ooh. actually followed through with something, <gasps> I'm talking about... Put that about... on the bingo card. Oh! The oh, bingo yeah. card! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got two other things to talk about before we get into that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> the bingo card. Yes. We've started, I think. We have. Our bingo I card. I didn't make it into a bingo card, but I wrote them all down. Perfect. Um, do, should we read them? Uh, sure. Or should they be surprises? I think they should be surprises. Okay. So keep an eye out on our Instagram for the bingo card, <laughs> if it hasn't already come out yet. Um, which it might before we we'll even see. talk about this. But anyway. I didn't do it today. Um, we've got some great quality things on there. Yes. Um, and then we have a new logo. Oh, yeah. Created by Clara. I drew a picture of us and I'm... Uh, strong-armed Alex into accepting it as our new logo. Which I was fine with because I literally used a template from Canva uh, to make so, the first logo. Yeah, which is cute. It served us well. But and now it's a little picture. It's a little cartoon of us. And my hair looks like it's with magical bubbles. Yeah, your and hair I'm very is gorgeous. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to see it just in the corner. Well, just picture it's I'll magical see. bubbles because if i did too many bubbles it made it too light and mm. so it's just a few bubbles it's magical but you know it's there yeah so yeah anyway new logo new so logo. excited cute yay okay back to what we're talking about back to frog okay i need to go back to my notes okay so enron enron <laughs> what I'm talking about. yay okay so i i mean i had heard of enron but i didn't know really what it was mm-hmm. or anything about it mm-hmm um, and so I'm here to tell you <laughs> all about Enron because it happened in like the late 90s. So early O's. The, the end of it was early O's. Early O's. But okay, so basically, um, we have two companies. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Inner North in Houston Natural Gas (HNG). Inner North, it was formed in 1930, and like blah, 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 over the next 50 years, they expanded, and they're like a major player um, in natural gas production, transmission, and marketing, as well as for natural gas liquids, and it's an innovator of the plastics industry. And then the Houston Natural Gas, or HNG, it was originally formed from the Houston Oil Company in 1925, and they provided gas to customers in the Houston market through the building of gas pipelines. Um, And they were the dominant force in the energy industry. Mm -hmm. But rising gas prices forced clients to switch over to oil. um, And the addition of passing of the Natural Gas Policy Act of 1978, HNG's profits fell. Great act. Great act. I love that act. So... uh, 
sometimes when I use my keyboard, it autocorrects things, and I don't know what it was supposed to say. And it's it's not it correct. Says, so Sancentra. What? <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Sancentra. Okay, so she. I don't. I have no idea. I don't think she's a person. Mm. Uh, she doesn't even go here. Okay. We'll ignore that first part. So. <laughs> the Inner North CEO sees that H&G is losing steam and thinks like, ooh, I bet we could kind of do a deal on this. Hmm. So he sought a friendly merger with the Houston Natural Gas. And in 1985, Inner North acquires H&G for $2.3 bi- b- b- billion. B- b- billion. A billion, a billion. <laughs> $2.3 billion. $2.3 billion. The combined assets of the two companies... Um, created the second largest gas pipeline system in the U.S. at the mm. time. Um, congrats to them. Inner North North-South Pipeline that served Iowa to Minnesota and HNG's Florida to California East-West Pipeline mm-hmm. equals dollar cents. Money. Um, so they kind of had the whole industry. Um, so when they first merged, it was called HNG slash InterNorth Inc., uh, but that's a mouthful. And so they spent $100,000 in focus group and consultants. <laughs> and they came up with Enteron. Which, $100,000 to come up with that. But also, that's the name of the your digest, digestive tract. <laughs> like, So they spent $100,000 to basically come up with a name for like... A poop processor, <laughs> which is kind which of, essentially you know pipes. <laughs> yeah, they're they're oil, similar to poop, intestines. Intestines. <coughs> I see the connection. So maybe they did it on purpose, but uh, somebody told somebody, and it's like by the way, they were like, did you know what this is? <laughs> they were like, oh, never mind. So they shortened it to Enron. Mm. So here we are. We have Enron. Enron. And their vision is to become the premier natural gas pipeline in America. Okay, so they're ramping up its electric power and natural gas efforts. They add power plants, and they come up with um, the idea to link natural gas to consumers, uh, basically turning natural gas into a commodity that they can trade and sell. Um, And they also went overseas, opening a power plant in Argentina, which they got a $56 million loan for. Um, But in 1987, Enron Oil... Uh, reports a loss of 85 million. Ooh, ouch. So in 1988, they're like, okay, we need a new strategy. This isn't working. Um, so they have what they called a come to Jesus meeting mm. to pursue unregulated markets in addition to its regulated pipeline business that they mm-hmm. already have, which I don't know. It seems a little shady. Mm. I don't really think Jesus was involved. I don't think he was invited. Um, <laughs> but. Typical Texas, though. Yeah. Bringing in the church. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so um, they enter the UK energy market, and it becomes the first US company um, to construct a power plant in Great Britain. Ooh. So blah, 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 blah. They're expanding. They're getting huge, and they're making lots of money. So now in, 19, in the Making 1990s, it yeah, in the 1990s, multiple companies, including Enron, um, attempted to make money by keeping the continuing network costs low, mm-hmm. which is done by owning their own network, basically. Mm-hmm. So Enron was like, tight, let's do that. And they constructed um, 1,380 miles of fiber optic network between Portland Ooh. and Las Vegas. Okay. And they constructed a building in a rundown area of Las Vegas, 
right over their fiber optic cables, which were buried. Mm-hmm. Um, and also over other companies' fiber optic, optic cables, mm-hmm. which were providing service to technology companies nationwide. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of the hub. It was because they chose the spot because basically it didn't have any natural disasters. It didn't have mm-hmm. a huge population. Okay. Like, it was chosen... Kind of because it was a terrible mm-hmm. place. Well, I mean, Las Vegas <laughs> but also, is also a terrible place. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. I um, hate Las Vegas. Too. I do too. So, uh, so the location wasn't just like a lucky build. No, no. Mm-hmm. You see, Enron had a secret plan. <gasps> they wanted to trade bandwidth like it traded oil, gas, electricity, etc. Enron's plan was to essentially own the internet. Uh, isn't all the gas and oil and electricity? I mean, Enron. <laughs> Save some for the little people. So in January 2000, they announced their diabolical plan, and investors jump on the opportunity to buy stocks. Mm-hmm. So shares were rising from $40 a share up to 90 by the summer Ooh. of 2000. And that's a lot back in those that's days. That's a lot. And it was like... The dot-com boom or whatever mm-hmm. they call it. So anything basically internet-based yeah. was out of control in the mm-hmm. stock market. Oh, yeah. It was just insane. Everyone <coughs> was coming up with <coughs> yeah. websites. and Yes. Um, okay. So then prices of existing fiber optic cables that were already there mm-hmm. um, plummeted Oop. because they kind of overshot. <laughs> there was a huge <laughs> oversupply in the system. So they're like, whoops, actually, we don't need that many. Yeah. And so only 5% of the wires were being used. Mm -hmm. And Enron is like, well, that's okay. We'll buy all, like, the other 95% of the unused wires at a super low price because they're right now useless. Mm -hmm. And then we'll already own them when we need them to take over the world or whatever. So they used something called mark-to-market accounting. And this meant that they could mark potential future profits as current profit, Ooh. no matter how little cash came in the door. So basically on the books, they were counting those 95% or however many they bought of the dark fibers mm-hmm. and determining how much they would be worth if they were lit and apply those estimates to their current income. Oh. So basically they're saying we're making all this money when really it's potential money. Maybe. Yeah, they're kind of padding the books. Right, exactly. Um, and they don't know if the cables would ever be lit. And if they do get lit, then they're going to say that they're making that money then when they're actually making it. Mm -hmm. So it seems like a whole thing that doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. That's what they were doing. Um, So the bottom line is Enron's profits could be whatever Enron said they were. So they were saying that they were going to, in 10 years, sell this power for X dollars per kilowatt. Mm-hmm. Something that no one can know, especially in the year 2000. Well, yeah, no. We were, like, just, we were just, just trying to figure out the internet. <laughs> yeah, and we just thought computers were all going to shut down because the clocks turned to zero. Yeah, it was going to... Well, the year, they were they were concerned everything was going to like just go back to 1900 yeah. instead of 2000. <laughs> which so, I don't understand. Computers why we don't know how to count up. We were very smart <laughs> in the late 90s, people. I just don't understand how we even thought that was a thing. Anyways... Um, so no one could prove that it would happen, right? Mm-hmm. But no one... No one knew. Knew. No one could prove that it couldn't happen. Yeah. And I think the oil industry is such a gamble. Like, 
Oh, yeah. Because it fluctuates so much how much oil is worth. And so you can put in all this money. Yeah. And there's like hedging. And, yeah. And all that. It's I don't really confusing. understand it. Um, but it did make it seem promising for large telecommunication companies like Verizon who wanted its broadband scheme to create its own new market. So on the books, it looked like they were making money. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I don't know. They weren't, though. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. They also proposed a 20-year deal between Enron and Blockbuster oh. to, stream movie, <laughs> to stream movies on demand. Because Blockbuster actually did start doing that. Yes, which it breaks my heart a little and bit. I feel so sad for Blockbuster. The, the reason why, like, they, they started doing it before Netflix, mm-hmm. but it didn't catch on. Oh, breaks my heart so it was like called blockbuster on demand or something uh-huh. and it didn't catch on <laughs> well because people didn't have good internet yeah so and then they were doing like the get movies at home yeah it didn't like <laughs> it didn't grab oh, on with, with they were just little a little too early blockbuster uh, r.i.p all right well there's one left <laughs> in alaska in oregon in oregon there's okay. one blockbuster i think left. isn't it an airbnb or something no it's an actual working <laughs> blockbuster <laughs> Okay, well, God bless it. It's holding on. Okay, so anyways. Um, Hold on for one more day. <laughs> Blockbuster cancels their deal after the Enron broadband service start reporting losses and the realization that the tech- technology actually didn't work at all. Mm. We weren't there yet. Mm. Hold on, Blockbuster. Hold this. Hold on a little longer. You didn't and you won't. Okay, no. but the magic um, of mark-to-market marketing. Wait. Mm-hmm. Accounting. Accounting. Thank you. <laughs> That's too many marks. Enron <laughs> um, used future projections to book $53 million in earnings with Blockbuster, which did not oh, exist and no. would never happen, and mm-hmm. they would not make a single penny. Um, so that made <clears throat> things worse. <laughs> Dropping <laughs> shares from $80 to $60, and the company's broadband arm closed shortly thereafter in July 2001, and they sold their Nevada facility for $930,000 to switch communications, mm. which you can't even get a freaking house for. No. So, shady business dealings we see, but where's the fraud? So we go back to 1990. Enron's <clears throat> chief operating officer hires a man named Andrew Fasto, mm. I believe was how you say his last name, because he was well acquainted with the burgeoning deregulating energy market in that remember they wanted to exploit that yes to come to jesus meeting mm-hmm. so andrew began establishing limited liability special purpose entities that's so, a lot of words what are special purpose entities i'm pretty sure you asked. love to know they're basically like an llc that you create to transfer <gasps> assets if you're going to try something new with your company okay. so you're not putting the whole company at risk if you're gonna like go for something yeah weird so like basically if something's not doing very well financially or you just want a certain branch to not affect your main business Mm -hmm. you'll put it in this special purpose entity um and so it won't affect enron as a whole so they still look like they're doing super well while Mm -hmm. they're trying this other thing over here Mm okay um okay so like i said the oil industry is a big gamble and prices um they rise and fall all the time. Mm-hmm. Same with the stock market. Mm-hmm. But Enron's stocks just kept going up no matter what. They mm-hmm. never went down. So something shady is going on here. Shady. Shady. 
<clears throat> so it was later discovered that many of Enron's recorded assets and profits were inflated, wholly fraudulent, or non-existent. Uh-oh. For example, in 1999, Enron promised to repay Merrill Lynch uh, investment with interest in order to show that um, profits were on the books. The debts and losses were put into those special purpose entities we just talked about offshore, and so they weren't included in the financial statement that they gave to the bank. So they were basically hiding unprofitable entities Mm -hmm. from the books. Don't look over here. Nothing to see. That's not ours. That's theirs. That's Entron. (laughs) Yeah. And they would have like weird names for all the companies like Raptor and like... He's French. Yeah. He wears a beret. (laughs) It's a French dressing. It's a French dressing. (laughs) Um, So there were several offshore accounts, phony books, and a trail that led to a mysterious Lebanese speculator no one could find called M. Yas. Yas. Yas queen. Queen. But also, M. Yas is my ass. (laughs) (laughs) So they were like being (laughs) sneaky about it, but a little tongue in cheek. But a little, yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, and Ron, I see you. (laughs) But they kept gambling recklessly and hiding the losses. Another example is they built a facility in India, um, of course, claiming it as profit that they already had coming in mm-hmm. um, until it realized that people in India didn't have the money to pay for the energy that they were producing there. So now the building there, it's just a big ruin. And they claimed um, all this basically imaginary perceived income that never actually happened. Mm. But on the books it did. Uh, so they are seeming like they're more profitable than they actually are. Mm -hmm. And then it's creating a dangerous spiral with each quarter, they have to just keep hiding more and more and more because Mm. they're so much in debt, but they don't want it to look like that. Yeah. Look at how profitable we are. It's great. Because they can't be like, oh, BTW, we're billions of dollars in debt. They're like, Mm. no, no. No, no. No, we're not. So for a time, it worked. Like... They increased their stock prices to new levels. Um, people with very little disposable income were investing in their stock because they couldn't lose. Like it was, it was just going up and up and up, and it mm-hmm. was never falling. Um, especially with web-based trading being a new and exciting thing. Um, but the truth was that Andrew, he was hiding the fact that Enron was thirty. Billion dollars in debt, baby. Ooh, that's a lot of billies. It's a lot of billies hidden throughout all these fake companies. So it's at this point. Penny's got to see me. She's got to see me. (laughs) She pounced up the stairs. (laughs) Uh, It's at this point that executives begin to work on insider information and trade Uh millions of dollars worth of Enron stock. That's not good. You can't do that. You see the executives (laughs) and the insiders, of course, they knew that Enron was hiding all this debt offshore um in offshore accounts but investors did not so the executives started quietly unloading their stock in it at the very same time though they told their employees that the stock would never go down and they should absolutely invest and put all of their 401k stock in it um and as a little of an employee it seems like a best bet like they're making tons of money and you got things can only get better right right (laughs) And you got to assume that executives have, you know, yeah. huge amounts of, of shares mm-hmm. as well. So basically, they all put all their money into these uh, stocks. Oh. So um, 
No, they're getting desperate because they're actually billions of dollars in the hole, and mm-hmm. so they need something to get them out. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, in California's energy shifts to unregulated. Okay. So Enron, they come in and they're... Um, they overbooked the transmission line they had the rights to already, so they already owned this line. Mm-hmm. And they said to California Utilities, if you want to use this line that we own, you have to pay us. Mm-hmm. And by the time California agreed to meet their price, they were, um, there were already rolling blackouts in most major cities in oh, the boy. state of California, which is <laughs> a happy accident for Enron. Yeah. The price of electricity went through the roof. Whoopsie doodles. So they're like, ooh, we're onto something here. Ooh, Interesting. Look here. So they realize that if they shut down power plants on purpose, they could create artificial shortages that will push prices mm. even higher, like 300 to 400% higher. So many dollars. Mm-hmm. So they started to do this all over the state. And they made it sound like it was an energy crisis, but really they were pulling the strings. Mm. And they made so much money. <laughs> they made like $2 billion um, just at first. Yeah. It started to become clear, though, that this was perhaps Enron all along. Yeah. Um, and right when this was happening, the CEO's close friend, George W. Bush, was Yo, elected president. W. And he basically said, like, ooh, that sounds like California's problem. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> California. Bye. Um, and refused to intervene. Which, in a weird, strange byproduct, basically got Arnold Schwarzenegger elected as governor of the state of California. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Not exactly yeah. sure how. Well, I th- because W mm-hmm. Republican, yes, Schwarzenegger Republican, yeah, because it could have been the thought that W doesn't want to deal with California because right. California is very far blue, away from Washington D.C. Far away, <laughs> opposite coast. Yeah, they're just also do nothing. Blue. Also blue. Yeah, they get you know Arnold in there. Maybe he can work yeah. Republican to Republican. Get the Prez on I board. I hate politics, I by too. the way. It's just, I it's hate it. It's trash. Like, these people couldn't, they would work full-time jobs, you know, work their butts off and can't pay their electric bill because it's just insanely expensive. And it's off half the time. Like, people are stuck in elevators with babies. <laughs> On that documentary, which, by the way, is oh, no. called <laughs> Enron, Smartest Guys in the Room. Not too big to fail. Not too big to fail. Although... I bet that's a good one, too. There is, about something, there completely is different. something out there called Too Big to Fail, and I cannot remember <laughs> what it is. You didn't Google it? No. It could just be like I'm making it. Well, you know what? Swear. We're too big to fail. We, <laughs> so dang it, we are. <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyways, uh, Schwarzenegger's governor. Okay, so then <clears throat> the CEO, he steps down suddenly and unexpectedly for quote-unquote personal reasons. It's a movie. Okay, what is it about? Uh, Too Big to Fail is a American biographical drama um, about the uh, the 2008 financial meltdown. Okay, same idea. About the financial crisis back Some in 08. About money. It's actually really good. I remember watching it. Was that fraud? I feel like weird things were going on with that, too. I, maybe. I was living in Montana at the time. I... And so I don't know almost anything about that. Except for lots I of people lost their house It was, I, th- I don't know if it was, f- w- TBD. Okay, we'll talk about it later. If it's fraud, we'll talk about <laughs> it. If it's not, we won't. You'll never <laughs> hear about it again. You'll never know. <laughs> okay, so 
The CEO steps down suddenly and unexpectedly mm-hmm. for quote unquote personal reasons, of which course. doesn't just happen for no reason for a multi billion dollar company. Yeah, no. So very soon after, surprise, surprise, the company collapsed and yeah. the corporate crime of the century was unveiled. <gasps> crime of the century. Um, which basically is all the things I told you about. Yep, shady offshore. <laughs> so Andrew. Remember him? Mm-hmm. He made out with $45 million. He was basically scraping off the top of all those um, mm-hmm. bad companies mm-hmm. anyways. Uh, and so they absolutely made him the fall guy. Yeah. Which, it was impossible for all this to come down to one person. Mm-hmm. Or even just the executives. Like, the banks should be complicit for mm-hmm. giving them so much money. The California power companies who shut off power whenever they said yeah. they told them to. Yeah. Uh, I think the only people that come out clean is Blockbuster, to be honest. Way to go, Blockbuster. <laughs> Way Here. to go. Uh, probably should have stayed. Okay, so, <laughs> of course, Enron files for bankruptcy, letting go of all their 30,000 employees, mm-hmm. basically, immediately. Like, yeah. Pack your bags, you have 30 Because didn't they, like, you know, lock the doors and people are like, you know, nope, goodbye. Yeah. And so, they lost... Literally everything. All their 401ks were completely useless. <gasps> Any additional stock they'd invested was worth zero. Absolutely everything. The average severance pay was $4,500, except for the top executives who were paid around $55 million in bonuses. And she just loved that. Will always make their bonuses. Yeah, they do, girl. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> their um, accounting firm. Uh, Enron's accounting firm, which was a separate business, but mm-hmm. they also went under because they like shredded all the documents for Enron. <laughs> of course, they did. And so, twenty nine thousand people lost their jobs as well under that accounting firm. Ooh. Um, all the insiders in and execs, on the other hand, they have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, and they're, they're out sipping cocktails in Hawaii because they knew that the ship was going down before it did, and they sold all their shares, and it was super valuable. It's like they got into a lifeboat before they knew. Th- Right the after Titanic the Titanic hit the iceberg. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is a exactly. good Just um, going to take the boat out. Yeah, no me. <laughs> Andrew, he pled guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Um, he agreed to forfeit $23 million in assets. Remember, he walked away with $45 million, so he's still going to be fine. Um, and he had a 10-year sentence. And the documentary I was watching came out, like, in 2000. Six, maybe. I think it was early because I remember watching it yeah, in high it was school. Only, it was only a couple years after it happened. Yeah. And so he probably didn't serve that whole 10-year sentence. I would be very surprised if he did. Uh-huh. Jeff Skilling, he was a former CEO, the one that um, resigned suddenly. He was indicted for insider trading and conspiracy to defraud investors. Um, he pled innocent, and at the time he wasn't sentenced. The time ten years ago, when the documentary came out, he wasn't sentenced. And Ken Lay, he was CEO for about twelve minutes after Jeff Skilling <laughs> stepped down. He was also, but he was always a you know high. He up was guy. high up, but he was-, um, he was also indicted for conspiracy to commit fraud. His attorney maintains that no one has been more hurt by the end oh, bankruptcy poor baby. than Ken Lay. Oh, Ken Lay. Anyways, that's Enron. Enron. Boop, boop. <clears throat> we did it. We did it. It wasn't too long, right? No, it was great. It was fantastic. As, as per usual. <laughs> All right. Ooh, I'm excited for yours. So, 
I'm not going to tell you what it is. Well, you know what it I is. Do. But I'm not going to say what it is. Ooh, I'm glad I didn't just spoil it. In a little bit. Okay. Um, on December 12th, yes. 2016. Okay. Kendall Jenner, Emily Raddatz. I've never known how to say that name. Radajkowski. Sure. Sure. And other influencers simultaneously post to their Instagram feeds of a video with a thumbnail. Or, no. Let me start. Okay. I feel like we got a weird flow right off the bat. Um, On December 12th, 2016, Kendall Jenner and other influencers, including Emily Radajkowski, um, Radishkowski. <laughs> Radishkowski. It's French. She's got a beret. Um, <laughs> she's got a beret. She's French dressing. Over the eye. Um, simultaneously post to their Instagram feeds a video with a thumbnail consisting of an orange square and a logo made of stylized flames. Okay. The video showed Bella Hadid and yeah. other models, just sure? beautiful people. Yeah. Um... Running around a tropical beach, <gasps> on jet skis, oh, and fun. Boats, swimming with pigs. <laughs> the actual pigs, not just like... Not just fat men. Not just a bunch of misogynists. <laughs> <laughs> um, Although probably that as well. I mean, we'll get there. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> and text with the video promised an immersive music festival. Fun. Two transformative weekends <gasps> on the boundaries of the impossible. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, this was the beginning <gasps> of the Fire Festival's yeah. promotional campaign. We're talking Fire Festival! <laughs> All right, so the festival is organized by Billy McFarland Ooh. and Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Um, to promote the Fire Music Booking app. Okay. So originally, um, and I don't know if it's in here, it could be, but I'm good. Just gonna say it anyway. So. <laughs> The app was essentially you could go in and be like, I want Jaw Rule to play at a party in a house. Okay. And you could book Jaw Rule through this app. Okay. And they'd be like, you know, how much money like uh-huh. he costs to like come and play. So it kind of like opens up more okay. artists to like play maybe things they wouldn't yeah. be able to. Because how do you get a hold of Jaw Rule? Exactly. I don't know. How do you get a hold of Jaw Rule? I also don't know who he is. <laughs> I mean, just because I've I heard mean, of the fire festival. Ja Rule and Ashanti ruled the 2000s. <gasps> uh, okay. Just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll do some listening after. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I recognize So, a little bit about our boy, Billy McFarland. He was born in 1991. Okay. Uh, 91. Oh, he's young. He's young. Um, and he told the New York Times that at age 13, he founded <laughs> an online outsourcing startup that matched clients with web designers. Okay. Great. Great. Um, he attended Congrats. Bucknell University. Okay. But dropped out of college in May of his freshman year and founded a short-lived Uh-oh. online advertising platform, Spling, <laughs> where he served as CEO. Okay. Ooh, we've got Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, oh, one, in, one quarter of school. I've got it from here. Thanks. Uh, got it. <laughs> I was born to be a CEO. I'll be CEO immediately. I'll be immediately CEO. <laughs> okay. All right. In 2013, McFarland seeded uh, payments company Manganese with 1.5 million of investor funding 
aiming to create an exclusive black card with social perks, such as club membership targeted at status-oriented millennials in certain big cities. Doesn't that exist? Yeah, it's basically the Amazon, American Express black, black card. Um, the company's namesake card, um, which was the manganese, the black card, um, which was targeted to millennials, was widely compared to the American Express's black card, oh, which was officially so known as the Centurion card, oh, which I have only ever seen a black card once in <gasps> my life You're and rich. have held it in my hands. That thing is heavy. <laughs> You've got to beat people like, off with you, it. Like, you can, you can tell there is a weight difference between a black card and, like, a regular card. Who's was it? I don't know. I tried to, like... What do you mean you don't know? I tr- so Did was- you steal it? <laughs> no, I was working downtown oh. at a chocolate shop. Someone was paying Someone for their paid chocolate. Someone chocolate with a black with card? With a black card. That's insanity. But, yeah, it's... Give it, them my number. It, it had some weight. It had some weight to it. Is it all black? Yeah. Does and it have their name on it? Yeah, it's all black, but oh. it's got silver like detailing. Oh, pretty. It's a pretty card, and it's heavy. Um, <laughs> so similarities between the two cards, they were both black. Got it. <laughs> I could have guessed that part. Made of metal. Okay, so heavy. Um, and promised exclusive perks to members. Well, also, you have to be super duper rich. You got to be one? super rich to get a black so that card. that comes with certain yeah. exclusive things. I mean, life. you're already rich, so. You can pay for um, things. But despite appearances, however, um, Manganese's card was not actually a real charge card. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) Um, Instead, each card copied the magnetic stripe information from a customer's existing Wells Fargo or Bank of America card. Oh, my gosh. So it really was just like you were using your Bank of America card. But it was black. (laughs) So stupid. I know. Um, uh, at the same time, Billy launched Fire Media Incorporated, the okay. parent company of the Fire Festival. Uh-oh. In a term sheet sent to investors, Fire Media claimed to be worth $90 million. Yikes. Uh, ja Rule, this is how he gets involved, okay. uh, had come to know McFarland through regular visits to um, that Billy hosted at his previous venture, um, Magnus. And during a flight to the Bahamas, uh, Billy and Ja Rule's private plane um, touched down. It's so stupid. Uh, it's so people. stupid. Um, touched down on a lightly populated island, which they later discovered was called Norman's K. Norman? Norman. <laughs> it gets better. Um, McF- Billy, our boy Billy, yeah. uh, leased the island from the current owners, with the owners giving them st- a strict condition. No parties. <laughs> no. They cannot mention who the former owner of that island who is was. It? The one and only Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> They're like, no, you don't just don't mention Pablo. Just Maybe. just in no, no, no. be on let's his not, bad side. Let's honestly. not talk about Pablo. <laughs> so uh, fashion executive uh, Carol Jane, an investor in the project, reportedly arranged for Fire to receive a $4 million loan. Most of it was spent renting luxurious offices in Manhattan's Tribeca neighborhood. Sure. Um, with no experience staging an event of a proposed festival scale, um, Billy began approaching companies that were familiar with it uh-huh. and had done it before, like with Coachella yeah. and... Uh, 
Burning Man and yeah. all these different festivals. Um, and report was reportedly taken aback when he was informed the event would cost at least fifty million dollars oh in the time frame that he wanted to do it. Uh-huh. Furthermore, um, the more experienced consultants told him, in addition to the cost, an event of that size needed an extra year to plan. Okay. It's like we we need more time. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem that hard. Billy honestly. goes, thanks, but no thanks. I can do it, and I can do it cheaper. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'm 14. I know. I got it. I, don't worry. Um, and apparently he uh, spent his time Googling how to rent stage equipment. <laughs> we love Google. You also have to ship it there. Like, it's mm-hmm. an island. You have to get it there somehow. Yeah. You can Google. Uh, <laughs> Scheduled for two weekends in April and May of 2017, the event sold day tickets from $500 to $1,500 and VIP packages, including airfare and luxury oh. tent accommodations tent. <laughs> Listen, there's for $12,000. No luxury tent. Oh, these were like nice tents. <laughs> I stand um, by it. Customers were promised accommodations in the modern, eco-friendly geodesic domes Ooh. and meals from celebrity chefs. Okay. Uh, the final advertised lineup was for 33 artists, including Pusha T, Tyga, Designer, Blink-182, Major Laser, Major Laser, Disclosure, Migos, Ray, I don't know. We're not I can't say the rest of these, so I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I, I knew, out of all of them, I knew Blink-182. That one for sure. Um, Tyga, I'm pretty sure, is correct as well. Yes, Tyga, I know I got Tyga. Um... <laughs> Fire Festival's promotional campaign, during which, um, so during the promotional <laughs> campaign for Fire Festival, yeah. guess what our boy Billy did? He um, spent all the money that was lent to him. No, he said the island was owned by Pablo Escobar. <laughs> you fool! <laughs> That's how you get your head on a spike. He did the one thing <laughs> the people told him Billy, not to you're do. So Owners of the island oh my immediately said, "Nope, you cannot come here." <laughs> okay, your lease is void. Um, so when they were kicked off of where they were going to be, Billy had it's to find not somewhere easy else. To lease an island? You gotta, it's an island. There's only so many. Yeah, I mean, it is Billy's fault. He did do the one thing they said: yeah, don't it's do 100% this. One hundred percent Billy's fault. <laughs> um, so when they were kicked off Norman's K, they had. Four months before the festival in April. Oh my gosh. So they were kicked off in January. The festival is going to happen in April. (laughs) Um, After several small islands were turned down, they were just like, nope. Um, Who was it? Gunter's K? (laughs) Gunter's? Norman. Norman's K. Norman. Norman's. That's so funny. Um, Norman's so hilarious. So... uh, he kept asking, and it, they were like, no, 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 don't come here. No case available. No. Uh, so that he did that for two months, trying to find of somewhere. Of the four? Of the four. Oh, honey, I'm so, so stressed out for him. <laughs> halfway down, he still doesn't have a place to do uh, But he's still promoting it like it's happening. This is why Coachella's in Coachella, because it's such a trash place. No exactly. one wants to be there. And Nobody Burning goes Man, there I'm anyway. Sure it was just a big, empty, gross field, too. I think so. I mean, that's that's the key right there. Big, yeah. empty, gross field, perfect Nobody place. wants to be in. And what? Pablo doesn't have anything to do with. Pablo is out <laughs> of the question. 
Don Pablo, not there. <laughs> Tio Pablo. <laughs> so, uh, the Bahamian government gave Billy a permit to use a site set aside for development at Roker Point on Great Exuma, which is a, an island in the Bahamas, um, which was just north of the Sandals Resort. Okay. Um, material released on social media, continued to provide the falsehood that the festival was being hosted on Pablo Escobar's private island. Plane tickets are in the wrong place. (laughs) They're flying to the wrong city. Flying to the wrong place. Um, With the maps of the site altered to make it appear as if where they were was a private island and not, like, down the road from a sandals. (laughs) (laughs) In reality, like I said, the festival is located next to a sandals, um, which was neither a private nor remote island. Um, the festival was scheduled to take place in an abandoned resort development. Perfect. Um, and he, ne- he never announced the change. Just kept going with it. Um, he simply renamed the island Fire K. Okay. Uh, with no infrastructure and no villas, the team had under oh two months to take this abandoned place <laughs> and make it into this beautiful luxury festival. Like, did you? I'm sorry. I think you did say how, how much was it for like the VIP ticket? Fifteen thousand oh, dollars. So much. Okay. Twelve thousand dollars. Sorry for Carry the VIP. On. That's a lot of money. All right, they were running out of money fast. Yeah. Um, and in order to raise quick qu- quick cash for the event, quick cash, quick cash, um, in, and with two weeks to go, <laughs> and like forty five cents, and like forty five cents <laughs> in the bank, um, the fire festival informed ticket holders that the event would be cashless and cardless. Uh, how does that work? Everything's free. Every all the incur all the um, ever all the attendees because they had gotten bracelets. Okay. Like, so, no, I think normally for festivals, like, they still send you, like, your bracelet ahead of time. Uh-huh. So they got these bracelets. Cool. And they said, put money onto the bracelets. Okay, yeah. And that's, and you just use the bracelet uh-huh. to pay for everything. Yeah, they do Which that, like, theme parks. It's a great idea. Um, uh, to put up, to put thousands of dollars in advance on a digital fire band to cover purchases at the festival. Um, each attendee would be issued an RFID-equipped smartwatch-like ID mm-hmm. to use at the festival that was attached to the money that they put on. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> these bracelets would be useless because there was poor Wi-Fi at the site. Yeah, duh. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, if you ran out of money, you wouldn't be able to just load it on because they're on a freaking island. Yeah. They're like, Wi-Fi, not reliable. (laughs) Who's she? Who's she? Uh, So, early in the morning, on April 27th, which was the day the festival was supposed to start. Yeah. It rained a lot and soaked the open tents and mattresses they had laying out (sighs) trying to get prepared for all of this. They don't have weather forecasts there either? Apparently not. Okay. Uh, The first flight... That morning, uh-huh. landed at Great, on Great Exuma at 6.20 a.m. Initial arrivals were brought to an impromptu beach party <laughs> at a beachside <laughs> restaurant um, where they were basically just given alcohol. Like, here, just yeah. drink. Um, Don't notice your mattress. And kept waiting around for six 
hours Mm. while people at the site were frantically trying to put it together. Um, Later arrivals were taken directly to the grounds by a school bus (laughs) um, where the true state of the festival site became apparent. Oh, no. Their accommodations were little more than scattered disaster relief tents with (gasps) dirt floors, some mattresses that were soaking wet. Um... The proposed gourmet food accommodations were instead nothing more than inadequate and poor quality food, including cheese sandwiches in foam containers. (laughs) Celebrity chefs, watch out. (laughs) So that afternoon, on the 27th, uh, Blink-182 announced that it was withdrawing from the festival, stating in a Twitter post that we're not confident that we would have would have what we need to give you the quality of performances we always give our fans. Good call. Word started leaking. Oh, no. <laughs> After Blink-182 posted that. Yeah. People were like, what, what is do you going mean? on? Um, reports <clears throat> from the festival mentioned various other problems, such as the mishandling or theft of guests' baggage. <laughs> uh, no lighting to help people find their way around. Perfect. Uh, a lack of medical personnel or event staff. Smart. Um, no cell phone or internet service. Uh-huh. Uh, no portable toilets. <laughs> so no toilets. Uh, no running water. <laughs> uh, and heavy-handed security. Oh, good. Great. Uh, the problems were exacerbated because, remember, yes. the festival was promoted as cashless and cardless. Yes. People didn't bring cards with yeah. them or cash. Yeah. So no one had any money <laughs> To get a taxi back to the airport oh. or try to find another place to stay, oh which was impossible because there was a crew regatta that same weekend. Perfect. So everything was full. So everything was full. <laughs> the next morning, it was announced that the festival would be postponed. Oh, but people are already there. And that the attendees would be returned to Miami as soon as possible. Uh, many of them were reportedly stranded uh, as flights to and from the island were canceled after the Bahamian government issued an order that barred any planes from landing at the airport. Why? They were just mad at Billy. <laughs> because of him? Because of him. Uh, the first flight back to Miami boarded at 1.30 a.m. on April 28th, but was delayed for hours due to issues with the flight's manifest. Oh, my gosh. It was canceled after sunrise. And passengers were locked in the Exuma Airport Terminal with no access to food, water, or air conditioning. Um, Apparently, one person passed out from the heat and had to be hospitalized. Oh, my gosh. Uh, The flight eventually left Exuma later that morning, and more chartered flights to Miami departed from Exuma throughout the day. Uh, One attendee who was stuck in Miami reported that the pilot of their airplane had told them to get off so they could turn the plane around for immediate departure as they were now serving as rescue aircraft to get attendees off of the (laughs) island. It's now an emergency situation. And now that people are coming back to Miami, back to cell service, they start just (laughs) posting what was going on. Um, Ja Rule Uh uh, posted... On his Twitter saying, this is not a scam and this is not my fault. Um, (laughs) Blame Pablo Escobar. Blame Pablo Escobar and Billy. Um, Fire Festival posted the following statement on Mm -hmm. their website. Uh, Fire Festival set out to provide a -a once-in-a-lifetime musical experience on the islands of of the Exumas. 
due to circumstances out of our control, Mm -hmm. the physical infrastructure was not in place on time and we are unable to fulfill on that vision safely and enjoyably for our guests. (laughs) At this time, we are working tirelessly to get flights scheduled and get everyone off of Great Exuma and make it home safely as quickly as we can. We ask that guests currently on the island do not make their own arrangements to get to the airport as we are coordinating these plans. <laughs> uh, we are working to place everyone on complimentary charters back to Miami today. Miami's not enough. This process has commenced and the safety and comfort of our guests is top priority. Sure. Uh, the festival is being postponed until we can further <laughs> assess if and when we are able to create the high quality experience we envision. We ask for everyone's patience and cooperation during this difficult time as we work quickly and safely as we can to remedy this unforeseeable situation. (laughs) Unforeseeable. We will continue to provide regular updates via emails to our guests and via our official social media channels as they become available. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Later, they announced that attendees had the option Uh of either getting a full refund. Okay, I choose that. Or VIP tickets to next year's <laughs> Fire Festival. No, thank you. Which never happened. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, very shortly after all of this went down, uh, Billy and Ja Rule were hit with eight separate lawsuits. Two in California, two in New York, one in New Jersey, one in Florida, one in Boston, and one somewhere else that they didn't say where it was. Okay. Um, ja Rule said in January of 2019 that he had also been defrauded by Billy McFarland. Uh-huh. Um, and he was dismissed from the class action lawsuit um, because they're like, okay, well, you really didn't have, you, you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Like, plausible deniability. Um, and because it, it had not been proven, his promotion of the festival on social media had directly led to the plaintiffs attending. <laughs> sad it's like no one's no coming one because of you <laughs> no one's going to fire festival because of you general i'm sorry oh, that's even more sad you're just not that popular nobody knows clara doesn't know who you are i couldn't point him out in a crowd I didn't um know. in on may 21st 2017 the new york times reported mcbilly i keep i wrote mcfarland but I'm, okay. i just want to say billy all the time billy's more fun um and his associates were under an active federal criminal investigation by the FBI for mail fraud, wire fraud, and securities fraud. Oops. Uh, the case was overseen by the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York. On June 30th, 2017, Billy was arrested and charged with one count of wire fraud. In March of 2018, uh, he pled guilty to one count of wire fraud in what the U.S. Justice Department called a scheme to defraud investors as well as a second count of wire fraud related to a scheme to defraud a ticket vendor. Hmm. Um, in June, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite part. So he's pled guilty. He's out on bail. Okay. He's, you know, so a few months later in June, <laughs> Billy oh, no. was back to his Billy! tricks. <laughs> Billy, Billy. Billy, you never learn. He was charged again was selling fraudulent tickets to events such as the Met Gala, Burning Man, and Coachella. (laughs) Now, what kind of got, like, him caught? (coughs) They don't sell tickets to the Met Gala. (laughs) It is an (laughs) invite-only event. Yeah, duh. (laughs) You can't just buy a ticket to the Met Gala. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. She's so stupid. And how 
did he figure out to do this and uh-huh. get connected to people? He was using the email addresses he got from attendees of the Fire Festival. Oh, that's tricky. That's tricky. In October 2018, Billy was sentenced to six years in prison and ordered to forfeit $26 million. Oh, boy. Uh, in 2020, he requested a compassionate release from, <laughs> pr- from prison due to the COVID-19 pandemic because he's asthmatic. Oh. He's got the asthma. <laughs> he's got the asthma. This, this was denied. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but in July 2020, oh, no. he tested positive Yay. for COVID. <laughs> Is he fine? Uh, he's fine. Okay. He is uh, still serving his sentence at the Federal Correctional Institute, Milan, in Michigan. And he's still there and scheduled to be released August 30th, 2023. Oh, what kind of schemes is he running from behind bars? That's what you people are saying is something. that he's like, because there were two documentaries made. There's Fire Fraud and then Fire. Uh-huh. Um, and in there, they were saying that he's still like trying to like con people from behind bars. That's so Billy. crazy. Do you think he was Knock originally trying to con people? He like really wanted a festival though. Or no? No. He didn't care. It he was never real. Because of some of the people I was reading because of some of the bag. people that he said were going to be there. Oh. They, they were like, like they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be where? <laughs> Who? <laughs> You got to do that through the fire app. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Book me through fire, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so that is our boy Billy McFarland. Oh, Billy and the fire. dumpster fire that dumpster is known fire as festival. Fire Festival. Good job. All right, January eighteenth, baby. On this day. On this day. Okay, seventeen seventy eight. The first fleet carrying through no seven hundred thirty six convicts from England arrives at. Botany Bay, Australia, to set up a penal colony. The prison. The prison in Australia. Where all the convicts go. Convict by trade. <laughs> oh, this is out of order. Uh-oh. To 1733, the first polar bear is exhibited in America in Boston. Which, by the way. How did you get there? How do you look at a polar bear and be like, I think we should get it? <laughs> <laughs> I want it. That would be like run far. He looks nice. <laughs> He's not nice. They are, fun fact, the only animal that hunts humans. Oh. They're terrifying. They're terrifying, but they're so cute. They're so cute. Okay. We're back to 1778. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping Cap- around. Jumping around. <laughs> Captain James Cook stumbles over the Sandwich Islands. No. AKA the Hawaii Islands. But I wonder if can you, you put- imagine if they were called the Sandwich Islands? I wonder if you put French dressing on them. Oh, definitely. Ah, oh, love a French oh, dressing. I love, a, love a sandwich. Ooh, I had a sandwich for lunch today. Ooh, delicious. Lucky. Um, 1871, the Second German Empire is proclaimed by Kaiser Wilhelmina and Otto von Bismarck. Otto von Bismarck. <laughs> In 1911, the first aircraft landing on a ship's flight deck was performed Ooh. by American pilot Eugene Eli Eugene. on battleship. Pennsylvania in San Francisco Bay. Yeah. Good for you. You did it. What if you didn't? You'd have crashed in the ocean. Yeah. We'd have something else to talk about. (laughs) You would be in the May the R.I.P. section. (laughs) For real. Um, (laughs) 
1967, Albert DeSalvo, a.k.a. the Boston Strangler, Ooh. gets convicted of sexual assault and various other crimes and is sentenced to life in prison. Life in prison. He was not, interestingly, convicted for murder because they couldn't prove it. Oh. He said he did, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> 1986, Martin Luther King Jr. Day was first celebrated as a national holiday. Oh. And we jumped to 1993, where it was observed in all 50 states for the first time. Well, oops. No time, you know. <laughs> Gotta get the South on board. <laughs> in the year 2000, the Tangish Lake meteorite impacts the Earth. Found on the web. According to ultimatesolarcoaster.com, Jan 14, 2000 Disneyland raises admission. What is happening? Siri, we don't care. My name's Alexa. Alexa, we don't care. We're not talking about the 14th. We're talking about the 18th. It's not all about you, Alexa. Jeez. Alexa, shush. (laughs) She beeps up. Sorry, we were rudely Uh, interrupted. Okay. But, like, meteor impacts the Earth? I feel like that should have been a bigger deal. I yeah. didn't know that happened. Okay, and in 2013, with the fraud theme, former New Orleans Mayor Ray... Again, it corrected it. I don't know what his last name is. It says national. I doubt it. <laughs> is indicted on the corruption charges stemming from post-Hurricane Katrina, business contracts, and bribes. Ooh. Ooh, bad boy. Bad boy. Okay, may they R.I.P. They may. 474. <gasps> Love an old. Leo the First. Oh, Leo. The rash and born Byzantine Empire dies of dysentery. <laughs> you died of dysentery crossing the river. Also on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1862, John Tyler, who was allegedly the 10th president of the U.S., who I've never heard of. Yeah. He died. Yeah, he was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't heard of him. 1949, the biggest in the con slash fraud game, we got Charles Ponzi. Oh, the Ponzi scheme. The Ponzi scheme. 2011, American diplomat and administrator who served as the first director of the U.S. Peace Corps dies. I didn't write his name down. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, are you going to say his name last? Like, what's going on? I'm, I'm not getting a name at all. Oh, no. <laughs> we don't know who you are, but maybe you are <laughs> I'm sure he's got a great name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. In 2016, listen. In 2016, Glenn Frey of the Eagles. Yes, Glenn Frey. Okay, birthdays. Happy birthday! In 1782, Daniel Webster is born. The Webster Dictionary? The Dictionary. The Dictionary. In 1892, Norval Hardy. (laughs) Norval? A.K.A. half of Laurel and Hardy is born. Okay. No follow-up questions, please. Okay. In 1904, Cary Grant. Okay. Was born. In 1955, Smoke Show, Kevin Costner. Ooh. Oh, baby. And in 1980, Jason Segel. Oh, I do love a Jason Segel. Yeah, everybody does. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Especially to Norval, because we don't know who you are. <laughs> uh, you'd recognize it. He has a little pencil mustache. He's a big, fat guy. Okay. Laurel and Hardy? No? No. I was expecting you to know that. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> 
Got nothing. I got it. nothing for me. Nailed it today. Nailed it. <laughs> I did not do either of those because uh, I didn't have time. Okay. You're busy. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back. Love you, mean it. Goodbye. Bye.